This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's going on? Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sallerson filling in for Sean Kelly, who has the day off as the Pelicans got in late last night from their preseason game in Orlando as they fall to the Magic 110-107. to It's a busy day here on the campus of the Saints and the Pelicans as the Saints are getting ready to uh, head off to Indianapolis this weekend to take on the 3-3 three and three Colts. And the Pelicans are preparing for their last preseason game tomorrow night at the Smoothie King Center when they take on the Miami Heat. So yes, the Pelicans fall in overtime to Orlando Magic 110-107, to and I was getting a little frustrated in the studio last night. One, because I can't see the game, so it's already tough not being able to watch this Pelicans team. But two, I think there needs to be a rule. Preseason, there should be a running clock at some point in the game, maybe the fourth quarter, and there should be no overtime. I don't care if the game ends in a tie. It, it's tough when the game goes three hours. A preseason game, nonetheless, goes three hours, and I know... You, you want your players to work on late-game situations and things like that, and you want to win every game. But, man, it was it's brutal at times when a game goes three hours, especially in the preseason. And the uh, Pelicans also went to the foul line 51 times in the game. So between that and the overtime, game went a little later than expected. But thanks to those who joined uh, us on the Pelicans radio network last night and those who uh, participated in Pelicans OT with me. And uh, all season long, keep in mind, after the game, you can give us a call or you can tweet me at D Salerson and uh, we should have a nice little post game show for you this year as we talk Pelicans throughout the season. 110 to 107 was your final score again. Um, some of this we'll go over the stats uh, for the most part in our next segment. But Anthony Davis, of course, 33 points, 16 rebounds, 8 of 24 shooting. Team played pretty good uh, most of the game. Uh, you saw a lot of it. The game was more of a dress rehearsal for this team. You only saw 10 players play. Um, trying to get some of those rotation guys going. And, of course, with all the injuries, um, you need to see who can play and who can step up with guys are hurt. Um, the timetable, for the most part, has been set for Tyreek Evans. Six to eight weeks is he'll be out after having arthroscopic knee surgery on his right knee. Um, so, again, next man up with this team. It's kind of tough when you have guys like Tyreek Evans, Norris Cole out, Omer Oshik out, Alexi Jensen, Luke Babin. I mean, the list goes on and on. Hopefully these guys can get healthy. Important thing is to be healthy heading into the playoff stretch, which hopefully this team will be in. Um, so let's see if they can get healthy throughout the first month. The Pelicans can stay afloat, and this team should be pretty fun to watch. So we'll have uh, a lot to talk about with this Pelicans game last night, and we'll get you ready for tomorrow night's game against the Miami Heat. You'll hear from Pelicans head coach Alvin Gentry and Anthony Davis after last night's game. And of course, we got to talk Saints on this Thursday. When you hear Thursday, you think of Jim Henderson the voice of the Saints, he will join me again, as he always does on Thursdays, to help preview Saints and Colts. And then we'll also go inside the Saints locker room, hear from Tony Hills, who uh, had a nice game against the Falcons, replacing Andrews Pete when he left with an injury, and then the new Saints kicker, Kai Forback. So we'll hear from those guys. We'll hear from Jim. Coming up next, though, we'll talk Pelicans and recap last night's game in Orlando. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. The Pelicans Pick 6 plan presented by Domino's is the opportunity to pick the games right for you. Ticket packages are the only way to score access to the biggest games, including a matchup against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
Plus, each plan comes with a free Domino's pizza. Six game packages start as low as $54. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to score your pick six plan today. From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us November 4th through 8th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first class golf to fan pleasing fun and of course lots of 100% natural chicken. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for tickets today. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus get texts with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. All right, time to recap last night's Pelicans game in Orlando. They fall to the Magic 110-107. They dropped a 2-4 on the preseason. Anthony Davis, 33 points, 16 rebounds. He did struggle from the field 8 of 24, but was 17 of 19 from the foul line. The Pelicans went to the line 51 times. That would have been a regular season high. From last season, it was definitely a preseason high, and they converted 43 of those 51 free-throw attempts. Eric Gordon was 9-12 from the foul line. He finished with 14 points, 2 of 7 shooting in 39 minutes. So uh, the heavy minutes guys were Alonzo G. He played 31 minutes, 4 points. All of his points coming from the charity stripe. Eric Gordon had played 39 minutes. Anthony Davis played 40. And Dante Cunningham in 35 minutes, no points in five rebounds. Nate Robinson, a nice night, 25 minutes, 18 points, 7 of 11 shooting. And Ryan Anderson, 11 points, 6 rebounds, 4 of 8 shooting, 3 of 5 from downtown. Bryce DeJohn Jones, 7 points, 2 of 5 shooting in 15 minutes of play. And Bo McCaleb, 2 points, uh, 1 of 2 shooting, 12 minutes played. I'm sure some of the New Orleans uh, fans will be excited to see Bo play tomorrow night at the Smoothie King Center. Um, Pelicans not shoot well, though, tonight. 28 of 74 um, you didn't get a lot of field goal attempts as much as you would like out of a fast-paced Pelicans team. Usually you'd hope for more 80 to 90 range, um, like the Magic did with 97, but with so many free throws, hard to get field goal attempts when you go to the line 51 times. But the Pelicans shoot 28 of 74 at 38%. They were 8 of 25 from downtown, and uh, turnovers also killed them. 22 points, uh, 22 turnovers, excuse me, 18 points off those turnovers for the Magic. Is the Magic... Also turned the ball over 19 times, 20 points for them. So there were times where the game was pretty sloppy. There were some good times as well. Um, let's hear what Pelicans head coach Alvin Gentry had to say after the game. When a game like that goes like that, this late in the preseason, what kind of thoughts do you have? Well, I mean, I thought we did some good things. And, uh, you know, obviously there are some things that we got to improve on. But, uh, you know, for the most part, I thought we competed and played hard. We didn't shoot the ball very, very, very good. And, you know, we still have guys, uh, you know, Eric's trying to get his rhythm back. You know, Drew's trying to get his rhythm back. Uh, you know, I thought AD played well, didn't shoot it well, but I, I thought he did a great job. Uh, you know, and then when we needed stops, he came up with big stops for us. So, 
you know, there's a, a lot of things that we can take from this and, uh, you know, they're very positive. And then obviously, excuse me, there are some things that we got to do uh, that we've got to get better at. The offensive rebounding was a huge factor. You know, we got to get better in that department, uh, giving up second chance points. Uh, we can't give up 20 points as second chance points and have an opportunity to win. Coach, it seems like at times during the game when there was something that slid a little bit that would go against what you're teaching, you guys were able to correct it. Like first quarter, second quarter, they were able to recognize the situation and make good. Yeah, I mean, we're still in a learning uh, uh, situation here, especially when you take a look at a guy like Nate. Nate's been here for three days now, you know, and so it's really difficult to ask him to do some of the things that we've been working on for the last two weeks, you know. Uh, so he's just kind of learning, and we had a couple of mistakes out there that we won't have, you know, a week from now uh, because he'll be here and, 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 and he will know those things because we'll go over them in practice. But, you know, we're just at that stage where there's a lot of things that loose ends that we got to try to tie together. We don't have a whole lot of time to do it. But, you know, I also got to uh, give those guys a little grace, especially the guys that are new and coming in here and understanding that it's going to take a little bit of time for them to totally get the system and understand what we're doing. Sometimes it's hard to get those unique situations in the preseason that will help you in the regular season, but tight game late and then even an overtime situation, it gives you a chance to work them through a timeout and to come out and try and work through a situation. Yeah, no, I, I think that's definitely the case. You know, where uh, a game like this, it, it's going to help us over the long run, and we can kind of figure out uh, who we want taking the ball out, who we think can execute plays and things like that. So it helps in that respect. Uh, as I said, we just got uh, a lot of work that we've got to do to tie up a lot of loose ends and, uh, and, and, and really kind of bring everybody uh, uh, into the same camp. Not that there, you know, there's any dissension or anything, but it's just all new to some guys, and some guys are ahead of it and some guys are not. And we just got to get to the point where we understand exactly what we're trying to get done. Thanks, Coach. All right. Yeah, so you mentioned offensive rebounds and uh, second chance points. Uh, the Magic, 15 offensive rebounds for them, only five for the Pelicans. Second chance points, that means we're in control by the Magic, 19-4 to in that category, and also points in the paint. Pelicans had a 16-8 advantage in the paint after the first quarter, but after that only scored 12 points in the paint, where the Magic scored 36 more as uh, the Magic outscored the Pelicans in the paint, 44-28. to Again, Anthony Davis, a nice night, 33 points, 16 rebounds. He spoke to Sean Kelly and the rest of the media uh, following the loss in Orlando. Does that kind of suit how you like to play when it's more up and down, more open? I just play whatever style you know, the coach wants to. I mean, I'm going to find a way to you know, try to um, perfect my game you know, um, within the system. So whatever their system is, I'm going to try to do the best I can in that system and try to be a great teammate and try to lead this team to, to something special. So you hit on that left shoulder and right after you took another spin. Are you all right from that? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. You talked about some of the injuries. You guys are going to have to probably battle the injury bug going in. How hard is that in the West when um, you don't have all your guys? It's tough, but when you play hard, you know, you always give yourself a chance to win. And we got guys who, who play hard. We got, you know, Bryce coming in doing a great job, great pickup with Nate, um, you know, uh, Zoe coming in. So we got a lot of guys who, who can, you know, fill them shoes until guys get back healthy, you know, but we just got to fight. We just got to fight and play hard. And um, that's what coach been preaching since since day one. And, um, you know, that's what we're going to do going into to the regular season. 
how do you integrate some of those new guys into the process that weren't here for the start of training camp, especially guys like Nate? Well, just continuous practice. Um, you know, the time before practice, time after practice, try to get them accustomed to what we're doing. Uh, the toughest thing is defense because we've been working on it since uh, <clears throat> August, and, you know, it's, it's just tough, you know, because, you know, they're coming in to a different defensive system where, you know, we only got like three terms, you know, that we use on defense. So, um, but it's so much movement, you know, and uh, I think they're picking it up. But uh, especially Nate, he, you know, he's a great basketball player, so uh, he's not going to have a problem offense. You know, just defense um, that's, that, we, that we all struggling with, you know, and not just him. You know, we all struggling with him. We're going we gonna to get better. It's the first time playing regular season type minutes. Did it, did it feel normal, feel natural tonight for you to go 40 minutes? Uh, I felt great. You know, I felt great. Um, I feel like I could have played more, but, you know, he wants to you know, limit our minutes. Um, especially a lot from last year, you know, wants to play around 35, 38 minutes a game. And, you know, I'm just going to try to do as much as I can in, in that time. This team is going to need a lot from you to get where you want to go. Are you ready to shoulder that burden? Uh, I'm always ready. You know, um, you know that, that doesn't mean anything to me. You know, I'm going to go out there and play basketball and let the rest handle itself. Um, that's for you guys to decide what's going on. Um, I know i got a great team uh, behind me, great coaching staff, and we're going to go out there and fight each and every day. All right, so here we are. One more preseason game tomorrow, and I think everyone, uh, just like me, is looking forward to the preseason ending. And let's get to regular season basketball. We are uh, days away from the Pelicans opener in Golden State, uh, in, I guess, Oakland, I should say, to take on the Golden State Warriors. So uh, we'll have more coverage from the Smoothie King Center tomorrow um, as far as Pelicans and Heat is concerned. All right, when we come back, we'll focus on the Saints as they get ready to take on the Colts. Jim Henderson joins me next on the Black and Blue Report. From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us November 4th through 8th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of 100% natural chicken. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for tickets today. Fall is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King. It's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside. At Smoothie King, we're blending our new Immune Builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2,000% of your daily vitamin C and all-natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc, and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange Immune Builder smoothie today. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. What's up, Black and Gold fans? This is Anthony Mackie, Seven Wars Soldier, Drew Brees' Disciple. You are listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show. It's time to talk Saints football. And joining us, as he does always on Thursday, is the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson. Jim, always great having you on, sir. Daniel, it's my pleasure to be with you. 
Now, Jim, before I get into football, I need your opinion on something. You have worked many preseason games, and last night I had to work a preseason basketball game that went to overtime. And, uh, Jim, do you think uh, we can all come together and somehow eliminate half of the preseason game, both in basketball and football? And uh, how about a running clock in some of these? Would you be okay with maybe altering these preseason uh, schedules? Because, man, a three-hour basketball game last night with overtime and preseason was, was hard to deal with. I like both ideas. I really do. And I think it's even tougher for uh, basketball. Sean being on the road for the most part, what do they have? Like almost all the those games are in preseason around the road, and you're traveling constantly. Mm-hmm. How many preseason games do they play? And I think is only one at home or none at home. We have one at home, which is tomorrow night, but they play seven this year, and so six of them have been on the road. Oh boy, yeah, yeah that's thankless duty. I've always told people during preseason with the NFL that. Any preseason game you can walk away from, it's like a landing of an airplane is a successful one yep. because it's just such a long, long time. And, um, you know, I'm looking back now, last time we played the Patriots was in preseason a, a year ago, and uh, those are thankless and long nights. Absolutely, no doubt. I just wanted to get that out there. Now we can start talking about football. Um, Jim, I was listening to Coach Payne this morning, and the first thing he talked about was turnovers and how they're 34-1 and since he's been here when they haven't turned the ball over in a game. That was a huge bright spot for the Saints last week against Atlanta. But what else stuck out to you in the win against the Falcons? I guess the overall uh, atmosphere in the Dome, uh, it seemed reminiscent of the Cowboy game, and it was good to have that back. Um, you know, those are two primetime games that the Saints have won against probably um, not maybe their most bitter rival, but certainly I think in the fans' uh, viewpoint, two of the, the teams that the Saints fans would most like to beat, the Cowboys and the Falcons. So I thought the atmosphere was great. I thought there was great effort on the part of the Saints. Uh, the Michael Maudy memory will be one that will be indelible. It really was a special night considering uh, the, the rival that the Saints beat and the way that they did it. Now, you mentioned the Motti block punt and the touchdown, which was incredible, as you mentioned. Um, when you saw that and uh, the crowd, the atmosphere, did you think, all right, the Saints might have a chance tonight? Just I know they always have a chance against this rival, but the way that uh, Motti block and the, how the crowd was, you think the momentum certainly changed after that? Yeah, you know, there's a statistic, and I don't have it at my fingertips, but anytime you score on special teams, I think your opportunity to win is, is greater, certainly greater than in a normal game. and. Uh, it's such a momentum swing, and obviously you're getting seven points without having your offense on the field. So, uh, yeah, I was pretty confident in that. And, you know, the Saints generated turnovers. They finally got a team in the fourth quarter in a, a passing mode where they could turn loose their pass rush. And Cam Jordan celebrated with three sacks in the fourth quarter alone. So all those things finally came together for the Saints, but certainly you can't discount the fact that they uh, conclusively won the turnover battle, and that's usually huge. How about the uh, line play for uh, on both sides? The defensive line getting five sacks on Matt Ryan, three of those by Cam Jordan, and the offensive line who lost another player in Andrews Pete and Tony Hill steps up and uh, seemed like the Falcons could not get the Drew Brees a lot on Thursday. Yeah, they don't have much of a pass rush anyway, right. but I thought the Saints' offensive line that was one of the big stories of the game with Jari Evans coming back and Tim Lolito being out and uh, Tony Hill's in there for Teron Armstead. Uh, I thought that was, his effort was terrific. Now, if he has to play uh, against uh, the Colts on Sunday with them having an opportunity to, to study him, and actually he played for the Colts back in 2012, might be a different story. So I think it's going to be very important for the Saints to get Armstead back, who is their best offensive lineman. Jim, Mark Ingram carried the ball 20 times, 46 yards. He did have the two touchdowns, but do you think we need to see more of the running game if they want to continue 
uh, to win some ball games? Yeah, that's one of the keys to this game, I think, on Sunday, is how well the Colts with Frank Gore run it, uh, as, a, as opposed to the Saints with Mark Ingram. Um, and like you say, he's only averaging 3.5 yards per carry, and the Saints only had anyone 81 net yards and average of 2.5 yards against the Falcons on that Thursday night game. So, you know, you get the Saints defense, which does not defend the, the run very well, 30th in the NFL, and you got the Saints running game, which doesn't do that very well, 31st in the NFL. So to me, that's one of the keys to this game. And this is something the Saints have struggled with for years, you know, a commitment to the run, and largely that commitment uh, remains a commitment when you do it well, and the Saints get away from the run quite often because they know they pass the ball so much better. Third in the NFL, passing the ball, 31st running it. Is this also a chance maybe to get C.J. Spiller more involved? He had that big uh, touchdown uh, reception against the Cowboys, but after that um, he's kind of disappeared, not on his fault, but more of just getting him some plays. Um, do you think we could see more of that uh, this weekend against Indianapolis? Uh, I think so, and you know that's something that Sean talks about when he goes back and looks at touches and, and looks at participation, and he's I think he said prior to last week's game he needed to get C.J. Spiller more involved. Uh, certainly he gives a dimension to that running game that only he can bring. So, yeah, you'd like to think so, but, again, it'll depend on the flow of the game and how well the Saints are running the football. Jim, the Colts seem to be a hard team to figure out. They're leading a weak AFC South division. They've won games against the Titans, Jags, and Texans, but have lost to three good teams in Buffalo, New York, and New England. I know you haven't seen much of this team since you're focusing on the Saints, but what do you make of this Colts team so far? It is a hard game to figure, and it's a hard team to figure. I saw that game Sunday night, Sunday night, like everybody did. Uh, one play that will live forever in yep. the annals of NFL bloopers. And I think that's one thing. You know, you, uh, reading about this team, getting ready for this game, so little focus is actually on how they performed against the Patriots, and they performed pretty well, especially in the first half, and how well Andrew Luck performed. It's just been that one focus on that one inexplicable play. So I think the Colts will be anxious to get back on the field. Pagano's always done a good job coming off a loss, and this is a, a loss that's a special one for them, coming against the Patriots, their biggest rival in the way that they lost. So I think the Colts will truly be grateful to just get back on the football field and have a next game. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, Jim, when you're planning your storylines for Sunday's game, what pops into your mind as the biggest storyline, and what will it take for the Saints to grab their first road win of the season? Well, I think it's the fact that each team's coming off a game against their most bitter rival. Uh, the Saints in victory over the Falcons and the Patriots, a game they probably pointed for ever since the schedule came out uh, against the, the Patriots, the Colts against the Patriots, and that not turning out the way they wanted to. Uh, can the Saints put that victory behind them? Can the Colts put that defeat behind them? Uh, usually teams can. They can bounce back and compartmentalize things really quickly. I don't know if this is one of the things the Saints had been asked about this week. Um, can you can you get too high on yourself just after one victory? And obviously they're telling themselves they can't, uh, that they have to perform just as well as they did in that Thursday night game against the Falcons. Can the Patriots put the sting of that loss and the way that loss and the way they lost it uh, behind themselves prior to this game against a team they don't see very often and probably don't have an awful lot of venom for? So I think it's a, a really tough game to figure. Absolutely, no doubt. You mentioned the running game is going to be one of the keys uh, for the Saints to get out of there with a win. What are some other, one, other ones that come to you if the Saints want to grab a, a win in Indy on Sunday? Well, I think you'd probably expect Drew Brees to have a big game. Uh, the Colts' defense does not have a very good pass rush. They've only got eight sacks, and uh, that's the third fewest in the NFL. 
kind of surprisingly, those eight sacks have come from eight different players. Uh, their linebacking core is supposedly weak. Uh, they're not particularly good about shallow crossing routes and covering backs out of the backfield. Their secondary, um, Bonte Davis, usually gets the best wide receiver that the opposition has to offer. But the other, the other corner, Greg Toller, has usually been picked on. So I think uh, Drew Brees can expect to have a big game, especially when you consider the Saints' lack of a running attack. Good stuff there. That's Jim Henderson, the voice of the Saints, with us on the Black and Blue Report. Jim, safe travels to Indy, and we'll talk to you next week, my friend. All right, Daniel. Thank you. No problem. When we come back, I'll wrap up this Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that. So we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an Auctioner patient, you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. All right, before we get out of here on this Thursday, I wanted to uh, play for you a couple of interviews from the Saints locker room availability. Yesterday, uh, John DeShazer was able to catch up with uh, Tony Hills, the offensive lineman who's been filling in for Teron Armstead, and then last game for Andrews Pete. Um, he talks about his game and uh, much more uh, yesterday with J.D. I just put in a lot of work. Um, you know, it's 24 hours in a day. It's all about what you do with it. So I spend a lot of times in the morning, uh, you know, working on my body, getting myself, you know, physically ready. And then a lot of times uh, after practice on the mental side of things. But, I mean, you know, you got Zach Streif here and Jari, you know, coach. And um, a lot of guys, good guys in the room. You know, and anytime you have questions, you ask them, and they're right there to help you, and they help simplify things for you too. So, you know, when you got such a great group of guys, and you know, uh, you look at some of the plays, and I was telling somebody earlier, the the concept of the plays are the same. It's the verbiage that's different. So, the quicker that you can speak the language here, then the faster you can play. Coach said one of the things he liked was the look in your eye at halftime. We're not exactly sure what that means. What does that mean? I don't know. For me, uh, <laughs> well, he said he kind of challenged you, and he liked the look in your eye. Yeah. Well, I mean, only thing I can think of is a, is the thoughts that go through your head. Anytime you go into a football game, you know, you have to put your mind in a different place. Um, for me, uh, you know, I, I put it in, you know, my faith in God and on my family. And so, as I think of those two things, you know, I think about the opportunity that's in front of me. I mean. I don't know what look he got, but that's what was running through my mind. So, uh, you know, as I go out there, I'm thinking of those things. I'm thinking of my job. I'm thinking about, you know, a lot of different things. And uh, for me, it's just at the end of the day, after you after you have all that, that's before the whistle. When the whistle snaps, it's about football. And I just want to play the game like I know how to play. You might not be able to answer this, but I'm going to ask anyway. Why were you not on an NFL team? 
because it took the Saints to get it right. <laughs> you know, I, I can't. I, yeah, it's like you said, I can't answer that. GMs have their thoughts on what, what players can do what. I'm just, uh, I was afforded an opportunity here in New Orleans, and I'm appreciative of it, and I just want to make, make them right. Difficult is it, or is it difficult to stay ready to be able to go in? You know, everybody says next man up, next man up. A lot of times the situation doesn't work out, but certainly it worked out for you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, just speaking for me, um, I prepare and I work really hard. Um, and so I think that when you do those things, that it allows yourself to be set up in a position to where if opportunity knocks or when opportunity knocks, you're able to seize it. Um, but it also has to do with the environment. And as soon as I walked in, these guys welcomed me, so I felt comfortable. And um, I, was just, I was just happy that we were, I was able to help the team win in the long run. Also, if you haven't heard, new kicker for the Saints, Zach Hawker out, Kai Forbath in. As you remember, uh, Forbath lost out his battle in Washington to Hop- Dustin Hopkins. And so now Forbath is here taking the place of Hawker, and here's what he had to say yesterday in the Saints locker room. You know, this is there's only 32 of these jobs out there, so, um, you know, one little mistake, and there's another guy waiting on the couch at home. Um, so very grateful for this opportunity. Does it, does it, you think it's, it's kind of weird, though, that, you know, the circle between the <laughs> Three guys. We, we, uh, yeah, me and uh, Justin were talking about that yesterday. It's crazy. Um, and me and Zach were, were close. We, uh, you know, he was in Washington with me last season, our preseason. So, um, you know, obviously he knows it's nothing personal. It's just everybody's trying to get a job. Um, so it's just crazy that it's that little circle we've had. As you said, not that you're wishing ill on anybody. Were you monitoring the situation, thinking, you know, this might be a chance for me? Uh, of course. I mean, you know, we came in last week and worked out, and they, um, you know, they just said, stay ready. We don't know what we're doing, but, um, you know, so that's exactly what I did, and fortunately it was sooner rather than later. How is the situation in New Orleans maybe a little different than some of the other jobs out there? Um, I mean, it's pretty kicker-friendly, I'd say. Uh, you know, Thomas kicks off. You play most of your games indoors. Um, so I'm pretty happy with the situation that I'm in right now. When you look at this situation, you talked about how you realize it's a performance-based business. What do you learn when you're out of work for a few weeks? I mean, do you mature at all? Do you kind of, you know, I guess what do you learn from the difficulties and now having another opportunity? Um, I mean, it just really, you just really have to focus in on every single opportunity you get when your, your number's called. Um, because it comes down to, you know, one kick sometimes and then you're out of a job. So um, kind of learned that it is really a week-to-week job. Um, so just kind of have to stay focused every single week like your job's on the line. What do you do as a kicker? You just kind of wait for the call. You just keep kicking, keep doing some Yeah, just, uh, I mean, I basically had a kicking schedule like I was in season. I would kick, you know, two to three times a week and still lift and just stay ready, basically. You had to feel like your numbers were good enough where you were going to get another shot, right? Yeah, I, I, I stay pretty confident. Um, you know, I had quite a few workouts coming into this one, so um, I was pretty confident that it would come eventually, just didn't know when. Plenty more interviews for you today and uh, tomorrow leading up to Saints and Colts. You can check out those interviews in JD's writing on NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints mobile app. Also, before we get out of here on the Pelican side, don't forget you can listen to the Alvin Gentry Show. Tonight at 7 o'clock on the flagship station for the Pelicans, 99.5 
WRNO. It's Sean Kelly's most extensive interview uh, with the Pelicans head coach. You don't want to miss that. 7 o'clock tonight, and then we'll have Pelicans and Heat for you tomorrow uh, live from the Smoothie King Center starting at 6.30 with Pelicans warm-up and then 7 o'clock tip-off. So join us for all of those things, and uh, we hope you have a great rest of your th- Thursday. For Sean Kelly, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.